Uh, please, please don't quit your job and, you know, I don't want your boss to come and find me. Hey guys, my name is Junwing and you're tuning into the Crypto Copy Down, Malaysia's top crypto podcast. Usually what happens is that I talk to the camera and then the camera doesn't talk back. But today, I've got a few friends including, as per usual, KC and one friend today who is super OG in the crypto world. Uh, Kobet, aka Sir Shiva Ninja, is not your average Bitcoin hodler. He is what I would call a super hodler. Uh, he's so OG that he's been here since 2013. <laughs> he's also the guy behind Bitcoin Malaysia, the largest crypto community in Malaysia, and the community that he started is partly the reason for why the Crypto Copy Dam is even here today. If it wasn't for Bitcoin Malaysia, I wouldn't have met uh, a strong community to support the crypto journey that I'm on. And it's also where I met KC, actually. So, Kobit, welcome to the Crypto Copy Dam. Very excited to have you here. And how are you doing today? I'm good, guys. Thanks a lot, Chiming and KC, for inviting me tonight. Welcome, Kobit. <laughs> welcome, Kobit. So, uh, you know, usually the first question that we usually ask yeah, standard last. So we usually ask, you know, like how do you find crypto and find out about crypto and things like that. So let's start off with that first, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So like in 2012, I actually had the chance to like see this news article on Reuters, and basically it was talking about Bitcoin and basically what was happening around, like mostly like USA centric news because it's Reuters, and then I delved deeper as I opened up the main. Bitcoin website and I downloaded Satoshi's white paper and I went through it and basically I've been down the rabbit hole ever since. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very huge rabbit hole, I would say. <laughs> did that, How did that actually like lead to uh, Bitcoin Malaysia actually? I mean, w w was it because, you know, you got bored of like just doing it alone and then you needed someone to talk to? Like, what, what was the process like and how did you go there to all the way to starting like the largest crypto community in Malaysia today. Yeah, so like sometimes they say that it's basically the better way to understand something is to educate someone about it. So basically I had a website that actually showcased like the news and updates on Bitcoin. And that's where I started the website Bitcoin Malaysia back in 2012. I think it was like middle of 2012. So if you talk about 2012, next year is going to be 2022. That's like 10 years anniversary next year. So oh from there, yeah. So it's like almost 10 years, you know, it feels like a decade, I don't know, even more than a decade, it feels like hundred years. And, and from there, it's like, I decided to like connect with the people around the world and join the largest Bitcoin forum, which is Bitcoin talk. And that's where I met a lot of people. And of course, like from there, we had some Tetaric sessions. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I miss those data rate sessions. But it's a, it's really crazy. Right? When I joined, it's around like uh, 2018, 2019, around that time. And we, we actually grow, like, I think we, we grow a lot from, from like 50K members to, no, 50K is even lower than that. To right now, I don't know how, how many members we have already. I, I lost count, but it's crazy. And it's so good to see like our, the community members and like the people who love crypto in Malaysia keep growing and the people who are interested in crypto keep growing. So about that part, right? So Kobert, how like you have such a big community. So how do you manage to, I, I mean, there's a lot of Facebook group out there and things like this, but most of it, like they just die off la, after some years, you know? 
especially a community that big, it end up turning into a community where people's pasting like scammy links and stuff like that. So how do you keep this community active and alive and manage to make it a tight-knit community? Yeah, I guess like sometimes the best strategy is probably still real-life events. Of course, right now, you know, during this COVID season, we can't really go out. But back then, we had a lot of events, like real-life events. And, you know, because there's like a lot of crypto projects. And back then, we didn't have any like real digital asset exchanges in Malaysia. So I guess back then it was pretty easy, like everyone was like trying to just increase like user base and, you know, just coming out and collaborate on various projects like the Ethereum KL guys. And back then we only had like Luno before the whole scene got regulated and all that. So I think back then everyone was excited because it's something new and it's like having a new girlfriend, you know, you get all excited and all that. So you put all your time and effort in that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So so I think I think that's a that's a great thing yeah. back then. It's like fresh and new, yeah. Uh, Casey would know about this. He's got so many <laughs> so many girlfriends. Yeah, man. Crypto, crypto <laughs> take away my relationship life. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm actually really interested to know, right? Like how did you know how do you still remember that time when Casey actually joined Bitcoin Malaysia? Or is there a story or something like that behind it, you know? Because he's so active on Bitcoin Malaysia uh, to the point where he's a moderator now, right? So, yeah. Yeah, thanks to Casey because we have like few guys who volunteer and, you know, try to remove so-called scammy and spammy links and all that. And I particularly remember Casey because he's like a law, law student and, you know, we were waiting for him to be, you know, a lawyer and a judge and all that, you know, hopefully one day. And I uh, help to regulate this space. La. Yeah, so it's like, there's, there's not many law students around. I, I remember there's like a lot of accounting students and, and you know, IT students. But when it comes to law students, there's not many. I, I met some who are even good with software programming and all that, even though they are lawyers. But especially like that industry is like pretty special. And that's why I still remember Casey coming to our events. What about your side of the story? What was it like, you know? It's just, it's just like one day I, I screwed across like, and then I, I realized like the there's a meetup close to me because I think that time they do it in, where's the place again? I think it's around uh, USJ or something. Yeah, so so it's really close to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something like assignment and things like this at that place that time. So I was like, okay, that, let's go to, to try to check, check this thing out. Lah. So I went there mm-hmm. and then I see uh, Cobert, I see Jason and, and that day is actually a special event. You know, it's not like the, normal Bitcoin one. So I think they invited um, Tezos guy to actually come to give a talk or something like this. And and that's how I joined them. And then after that, like after the event, uh, basically like as per, like, I think this is their SOP. La. So COVID invited everyone who wanted to go for a Mamak session to just go, go to nearby Mamak. And then I, I went to there and then, yeah, that's how I started to know all the people in uh, basically uh, involved in Bitcoin Malaysia and, and started like, my community journey here. Yeah, before that, I'm, I'm all alone in crypto. You know, I can't wait to join you guys for one of the Mamak sessions. Uh, I'm kind of jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good session, you know. I really miss those those days that, you know, you can go out, you can chill, you can talk about crypto. I mean, we, we didn't talk only about crypto. We talked about a lot of things, but but yeah, good days, man. <laughs> My God, man. Uh, when When's the next one? 
<laughs> yeah, hopefully, maybe, hopefully by next year or, you know, even before Chinese New Year, I, I guess we, we have too much, too many lockdowns. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Uh. Yeah, I, I always hear because, you know, uh, I also know a few people like Dandy and a few other people, they always talk about the legendary mama sessions, uh, which I, where I, I hear too much about, but nobody tells me. You know, <laughs> I've not experienced it myself. So one day, maybe, you know, actually, I'm also curious to know, right? So how how different is like today's crypto community compared to the community back then? So according to Harpit, right, just to quote him, right, he said back then there were more nerds, uh, and now <laughs> and now it's like people are more like you know people are in it for the hype. So what what would you say about that statement actually? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that is because of you know everything going mainstream like NFTs. Like I remember that day there was someone on Twitter saying that. I went for this Hong Kong like gallery NFT slash show and it's like 90% of those people are like mainstream people. I don't recognize these people. I mean, the whole thing is going mainstream thanks to NFT. Before that, it was like DeFi summer. And mm. you know, that, that really happens because cross section of the community will come in. There'll be like stewards, pilots. You know, those guys like accountants and lawyers coming in, it's, it's pretty normal. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, because if you talk about cryptocurrencies, it cuts across all sections of the community and, you know, the public. They want to understand it. And this is all like so-called financial transactions and financial payments. You know, everybody wants to have their own Lambo, I guess. Everybody <laughs> wants to quit their job and go full time like you guys. So, yeah, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, they, they will be pretty disappointed if they know like uh, they, they can still work eight hours in their regular job, but in crypto, you need to work six, 16 hours. Oh, I, thought, I thought you worked 24 hours. Come on. <laughs> need sleep, <laughs> uh, go burn. Uh, only 24. <laughs> oh, Talking okay, about okay. NFT, right, Gobert, uh Well, I, I, I need to spill something here. So, Gobert is uh, Gobert need to get some help lah, because he addicted to nft as you can see his his uh, zoom background i think that is hers right damien hers damien hers yeah that is damien hers nft which is going for a crazy price tag now but uh Kobert, can you talk a little bit about like all this meeting like how you feel being being in this nft summer thing like because i know a lot of people from like the bitcoin the old bitcoin days they have quite a negative view on nft things so I mean, you're one of the people who come from those days, but why, why are you able to be so open-minded to all this kind of thing? And, but, and what's your thoughts on all this uh, development in crypto space? Yeah, so like me, I guess like sometimes we have to empty our glass and, you know, just be around to learn up new stuff. Lah. Like, I mean, like traditional, a lot of traditional guys, if let's say you talk about local traditional guys, high level of guys, they don't really understand the scene. But if you go to USA or you go to Europe, they already understand where the market is going to, you see, because maybe they're well read, they know what are the future trends and all that. And if you go to Europe and, you know, USA and you know, some countries, a lot of people are so-called like really educated and they spend a lot of time like reading books and reading on, you know, what's coming online, you know. So of course, some sections of countries and communities they're more to like let's say spending time on TikTok and watching youtube so that's not bad you know that's still entertainment 
But I guess it depends on what you want out of life. Do you spend like your time reading up on what's gonna be impactful? Or do you just entertain yourself with mindless cartoons and you know cat videos and dog videos? You know, that it really can, depends on what you want in life. Can can watch my videos. Can then uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should pay about... you one big they should pay you one bitcoin or one Ethereum for per video. Oh thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Need to set up the donation page. <laughs> I prefer Bitcoin. So, <laughs> you know, uh, interesting to know. So, like, uh, so you've seen the progression of you know crypto from twenty thirteen, and then twenty seventeen with the with another bull cycle. Now twenty twenty one, you know, things have progressed so much. Things are so different now. So, you know, is it okay if you give us a bit of a crash course on on what? 2013 was like, 2017 was like, 2021 is like, and where do you think uh, crypto is going to move forward and how is it going to look like in the future, maybe in the short term and then long term? It would be so interesting to actually hear someone who has gone through all of this. Well, like in 2012 and 2013, like 2013, I went to a big conference in Singapore. So back then I could like meet, meet legends like Roger Verl, like up close and talk to a lot of guys in the banking space and like in Singapore back then it's like you could see accountants and you know some regulators coming for that conference that was like one of the biggest and you know major event in Singapore back then so right now that one is defunct they don't have the conference anymore of course there are other types of uh, blockchain events but when when it comes to let's say all this so-called focus back then it was just like on mining so there were a lot of guys setting up like liquidity mining on Bitcoin, things like you can have cloud mining and back then. So that was the focus back then. And of course, some focus was on trading also, like trading bots and all that. And then after that, they move on to different things like Ethereum came into the scene. You had the so-called initial coin offering for Ethereum. And then you, you had Vitalik coming in and everyone was like moving to so-called Ethereum and you know putting more time and effort into that space, of course. From there, basically it was just like only a few projects coming online back then. But right now you have like, after that ICOs, you know, everyone was like coming into the scene. And then back then, everyone was like coming in for the cash grab and you know, there were a lot of rent seekers. And I think from there, there was also a big bear market after 2017. And right now we have like things like DeFi summer and NFT summer. So liquidity moves around and you have like, guys who are so-called moving their liquidity around because they probably want to have better upside. So I, I've seen some guys like move from you know, Bitcoin to Ethereum to DeFi to NFT. So I think it depends on your strategy. Some guys have like a shorter strategy in terms of let's say the life cycle. Some have longer strategy and you know longer holding power and all that. Some, but I think the best strategy is probably like minimum of three years. Uh, yeah. Then after that, you st still need to move on to maybe other landscapes. Mm. But, but why, why three years from your perspective? Is it because of the Bitcoin cycle or, or you know, is there a particular reason for why the three years? So I give an example, like let's say there's one project called Cardano. So I, I've been holding it for quite some time, you know, so it's like almost three years now. But I guess there's still a lot of projects that, you know, are still pretty new. So in that sense, like, I guess the best time is like three years, which is actually quite good. You, you see higher upside after three years normally. When it comes to 
anything below two years, I think it's going to be very volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's always the best average time to have a t- best time frame. Uh. So anything less than that is always hard to so-called put a valuation on that project. I, I kind of agree with that. Like recently we see the, I would say like, I, I know like that's, as I mentioned just now, uh, we, I met Colbert in a, a event that they invited Tezos. Mm-hmm. So Tezos is a project that I think recently they also like got mm-hmm. a huge surp- like huge boost in their user base and stuff like this because of NFT. So so what they do is like basically they they, they are, a, I wouldn't say they are direct competitor of Ethereum, but they also have their own NFT ecosystem right there. And it takes them like, like 2018 till now. That is three years. It takes them three years to actually figure out the right path they are actually building on. So I think, yeah, if a project is very early, it's, it's kind of hard for you to put a, like do a valuation on it. So I, I, I really agree with Kobert at that, at that part. La. By the way, Kobert, it, Cardano for three years. Uh. <laughs> yeah, 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 licking your moon back. Yeah, so so a lot of my so-called like even friends from the banking world and OGs, they, they told me why Cardano is like, okay, I mean, it depends on your strategy and what data you have, right? But I like even like Tezor, I've been following them for quite some time. You know, I was involved in the so-called initial rounds for Tezos. So it, it depends on actually where you want to go from there. But for me, the standard so-called time frame is like average three years. Well, there, there you have it, you know, I mean, the, uh, this is something from Sifu, you know, so <laughs> you might want to remember that in the future. I actually just learned about this as well. Uh, so, you know, starting from when I mean, you joined since 2012, and that's a very long time, but what gave you the conviction to actually believe in crypto though? Because back then, back then, you know, it was, it's so, it's so not conventional to actually even talk about crypto. Like, yeah, nowadays it's like everybody is a crypto millionaire, right? But, but what made you think that, oh, you know, this technology is really going to be, you know, the future. So I was just wondering if there was something that just kept you there. Was it just, it's impossible it's just blind fate or something like that because you seem like a pretty logical person coming from a system engineer background, right? Uh, why would anyone with a career of somewhere around, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around 10 plus years, right? What being okay, but you know what? I'm going to quit. I'm going to like focus on this full time. So I think that takes a lot of guts. But other than that, there must also be a logical reasoning or something like that, perhaps? Yeah. So I, I guess even before that, I should have a disclaimer. Anything I say basically is non-financial advice. Yeah. Uh, please, please don't quit your job and you know, I don't want your boss to come and find me. <laughs> yeah, for the guys out there. Yeah. You, you oh, can oh, find oh. him on Bitcoin Malaysia if you want, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it depends on actually what's your so-called perception of even like technology and all that. So if you look at future trends coming online, you know, there's a lot of documents out there, like even from World Economic Forum, you know, things like whether your company has a digital strategy or not, because I've been in the IT industry for quite some time, you know, they move on from like, let's say IBM AX servers in the banking world, core banking servers to like, things like new stuff like you know back then you had sun microsystems and all then after that they move on to like linux like back then i was involved in one project that actually 
where a local bank was using Linux, which is, was pretty new back then. And back then, Linux didn't have a graphical interface. So they moved from Windows to Linux to actually save costs. You know, they had a lot of cost savings from that. From there, you just see that basically everything is about cost savings in the enterprise world. You know, so to me, it's like if you use blockchain correctly, if everything is decentralized and the data is immutable and there's no censorship, basically it's censorship resistant. And in that sense, it's like a lot of things you don't actually have to worry about. I guess like blockchain is sort of like a triple entry ledger where maybe one day you don't really have to have, let's say, reconciliation of certain transactions. So I guess like that is probably the thing that actually I looked at because I was also like involved in some banking projects and telco projects. And I used to see some telco projects having the issue of reconciliation, same for banks. So if you have that in place, why do you need so much manpower to actually reconcile some you know, transactions? Understandable. Wow. And so with just that, uh, you know, but even that is still not like 100% certainty though. Still takes faith, still takes, you know, the belief that, you know, somehow if all this fails and something else that's similar to crypto comes, comes on or similar to Bitcoin, which... I mean, there were a lot of Bitcoin killers back then. So <laughs> if something like that took over, uh, so, you know, respect, respect for that, actually. Yeah. Okay. So we usually wrap up with non-financial advice, but for you this time, we're going to do something a bit different. So we're going to ask you a non-life advice, right? So we're going to ask you this question, which is something that you've done yourself. So imagine if somebody were to say that, hey, you know what, bro, I'm going to quit and then just go into crypto full time. I mean, you did it too, Cole, but why can't I? Right. So what would you tell this person uh, and, and what, what would your potential advice be? Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on the person's past experience and skill sets. So for some people, I guess like going out to perform sales activities or marketing is basically like simple. It's a simple thing for them. Uh. You know, some people like to be with the crowd. They like to have alcohol. They like to smoke cigars and all that. So maybe there's definitely a lot of opportunities for, you know, these type of people in the industry because you need to sell stuff. You need to market. You need to go into the business development world, bring in more partnerships and collaborations. And even at the back end, of course, you know, technical people like front-end engineers or back-end engineers or server engineers. That one is actually a something which is actually related to technology, infrastructure and all that. So that is always in demand. So it really depends on actually what type of companies you want to join. And I guess right now, thanks to COVID, you know, there's a lot of remote jobs. There's a lot, a lot and a lot, definitely. So that's a great thing. Now you can be in your pajamas and just wake up like 10 a.m. and your, your boss wouldn't know, you know. As, as long as you like, you know, finish your work and you send out the proper emails, uh, I guess they, they won't be actually calling you up. So that's the great thing about remote jobs. Uh. And for myself personally, I've been doing remote jobs for quite some time. Uh. Even back then, I was like in a blogging area for like three years as a so-called full-time guy. But then, you know, I move on to other things because that, that was actually a difficult sector uh, to be in. Uh. There's like a lot of new people coming in. So really, the, actually, it still goes back to what type of person you are. You know yourself, and then know the industry. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You heard it here first from the Crypto Coffee Team. That was Kobert Lau. All right. 
Yeah, so yeah, Gilbert, this question comes from your Twitter handle, Shiva Ninja. Why Shiva? I, I think yeah, I think this is because you hold some Shiva. So from, from here I want to ask you like your views like specifically on meme coins. Like I mean it's pretty interesting like how Shiva grows from just a meme. And right now I think they there mm. they, they, they there is a movement and things like that behind. But um yeah, very interested to know your general view on, on coins yeah, like maybe, this. Maybe we can get Kobert to kind of explain what a meme coin is first. Because I think I think people kind of get it, mm. but not really. So yeah, maybe you can talk a little bit about that and also answer Casey's question as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think generally people forget to have fun. Like we had Elon Musk tweeting out about Dogecoin and you had a lot of memes whereby, mm. you know, you have pictures of Shiba dogs everywhere on crypto Twitter and people was just pumping Dodge all over the place and the price went up. Of course, I wish I, I knew where, we might, where are my Dogecoins, I really lost them. So that's another story. <laughs> uh, I had them somewhere. <laughs> but, but anyway, I mean, when, crypto coins come and go, you know, so it's like maybe the universe will give me new Dogecoins uh, one day. Yeah. So of course, I think end of the day, when it comes to community, I think that's, that's very important because people can just leave your project anytime. And most of the guys are anonymous and everyone is just a meme or avatar on Twitter nowadays. And it's kind of hard if you don't know who are your holders, your token holders or your coin holders. But I guess end of the day, if you have a strong community and they believe in your project, you know, they will take basically a part in your governance voting and all that. So end of the day, I think like myself, you know, currently I have a Shiba dog. Okay. And um, interestingly, dogs are, you know, have different characters. Uh, Shiva has also a different character. So that's why I think even like Shiva dogs are interesting. And uh, right now I'm learning new stuff, uh, you know, just taking care of dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know why there are no cat coins. Uh. You know, dog coins usually tend to do better. Dogs are better than cats, guys. Hey, come on, this is a bad thing. People are going to attack me after this, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Maybe yeah. cut that out, YB. You know? <laughs> Don't cut it, YB. Okay, but, but yeah. Okay, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining Crypto Kobitiam, uh, Kobert. Really appreciate you joining us for today's session. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, guys, for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and to also click on the notification button for more content like this. See ya.